this week since Wednesday, and then he'll be here through the weekend. And uh, what a wonderful message he gave to us. All of you weren't here, but uh, what a wonderful message he gave to us. This is a man who, I mean, he lives the life. I mean, he's not just living it right up here behind this, but I mean, he lives the life. He is a godly man, and I am thankful for that. What a wonderful example he is to to myself and, of course, our, our young people here, and I'm thankful that Brother Wright's with us. You guys weren't here last night, most of you, so I'll tell the story again because I can get away with it, I guess. But last October, I think Brother Wright, I think it was last October, Brother Wright was at uh, APC down in South County. First time I'd ever uh, heard of Brother Wright, never even heard the name before. And, uh, and we went down there with a group of our young people and heard him speak and what an amazing job he did there. And I told him uh, that really I thought about just going up to him right there at the end and asking him to do our youth week. <laughs> This year, but then I checked myself and said I do have a boss uh, here at Lighthouse that I have to check with first. So I didn't do that. But it wasn't but a week or two, maybe the next weekend, that that pastor came to me and said, "Hey, we've got a, a speaker coming in this weekend." And I said, "Oh, okay, who's that?" And he said, "Well, it's Brother Aaron Wright, and uh, from Pennsylvania. He's in town." And I said, "Okay, this is working out." I said, "Well, I'm just going to let you know that I almost asked him last week." if he could come to our youth revival. And I'm so thankful it worked out that he was able to be here this week. And they keep a busy schedule, of course. But we are so blessed to have him. And I know that he'll minister to you uh, tonight. If he makes his way up here, I know he'll, he'll minister to you. Open your hearts. Hear the word of God tonight. In Jesus' name, have your way. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's stand. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. I echo what everybody's already said, such a wonderful presence of the Lord in this place and such a wonderful job done by all those that have had a, a job. Man, what an incredible, I don't know what they call that, but hand thing, that was amazing, huh? That was awesome, and of course at the end, the unlock in the 2017, I've never seen it before, so uh, it was pretty sweet action to me. There's a Pennsylvania term for you, sweet action. How's it going? Sweet action. How'd they do? It was sweet action. How'd he preach? It was, well, <laughs> we'll see. Can't quite say that one yet, but hey, man, it's so good to be here, seeing some familiar faces from uh, being down in the church with you in October. I give honor. If you turn with me, just go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1 give high honor to the pastor of this church and a, a friend of mine that we are becoming uh, closer and closer with and I'm enjoying every moment of it, uh, Pastor Brandon Buford. Let's give him a hand. We're thankful for hosting the rally, hosting this. <laughs> Amen. And his lovely wife. We've had such tremendous fellowship with them and uh, I went home uh, last night after fellowship just laughing and uh, based on our stories and if you weren't there you won't know what I'm talking about but it's awesome they are awesome people and we've enjoyed it so very much to the youth pastor here um, Justin man you're doing an incredible job alongside with your wife you guys are an incredible team and he's doing an awesome job I interpret all that to mean sweet action. And of course, I would be without to give uh, your sectional one uh, youth leader, Brother Paul, uh, some honor. We're thankful for what he's doing here, and we're 
congratulations on your new election for another term. So we're thankful for what you're doing. I'm going to go ahead and get my stopwatch going. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the, house, or in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born? King of the Jews, we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. And verse 3, check this out, upon hearing the words of the wise men, verse 3 says, And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled. If you were just to take a strongs and look that up, it, may, it would mean to cause inward commotion, take away his calmness of mind, disturb, disquiet, to make restless, to stir up, to trouble, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread. He was troubled at the news. Amen. If, if you would note, there had been other kings that had been born, other noble men that have stepped onto the scenes in other kingdoms, but now there is a king that is rising up in his jurisdiction that is striking fear in his heart and all Jerusalem with them. And when they had gathered the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, Herod demanded, everybody say he demanded. He demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall... Come a governor that shall rule my people. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star had appeared. And he sent Sweet action. Come on, count of three. Give me a sweet action. One, two, three. Amen. And where was I at? Verse 7, he privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I might come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood where the young child was. Verse 12 reads like this, <coughs> and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. Watch this, and be thou there until I bring thee word. Why? For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed in Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken, by the, spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Now watch this. Watch what happens uh, <coughs> when Herod found or saw that he was mocked of the wise men. Watch. He was exceeding 
wrath, the Bible says, and he sent and slew the children, all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from the two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. The last part of verse 13, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You know, I read this and I see no doubt a Christmas story, but beyond the miracle of Christmas, beyond the exciting birth of our Savior, beyond the miraculous star, the wise men, the gifts, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, beyond all of that, I see insight into how, everybody say how, and where, say where, our enemy will focus his attention when his kingdom's at threat. I want to preach to you tonight defeating the destroyer. Defeating the destroyer. Would you set your Bibles down? I want you to lift your hands. I want you to pray for me. I'm still trying to recover from this slight cough. I want you to pray that God would anoint me, and I'm going to pray that God would sweep into this place and touch each and every life. Come on, if you want to break through in your heart, your spirit, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your hearts? Come on, let it, let it ring right in this place tonight. Lord, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that you would slip into this place, God, and let your spirit have free course. I pray that you would anoint my words, anoint my mind, God. Let me operate, God, as your minister tonight, Lord. Touch each and every student, Lord, and person that has come into this place, Lord, that we can receive a fresh word, Lord, that we can receive a renewing in our spirit, God. We'll give you praise. We'll give you honor, Lord, and we'll love you with all our hearts. We're just asking for a sweet visitation of your spirit. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. It was a pleasant surprise indeed, but the news was disturbing. As Herod began to inquire of the wise men, their reasoning for visiting, the more they talked, the more disturbed Herod and all of Israel became. We've come seeking a king that is to be born, they said. The king of the Jews, we've seen his star in the east and are following it. And under cool composure, yet disturbed, Herod, as the Bible said, began to seek diligently of the wise men, inquiring of them at what time this star had appeared. In fact, in a false act of kindness and a false act of reverence to this new royal seed. Herod even gave his approval to the wise men to continue seeking after the child, but there was one conditional clause. Herod had one request for the wise men, and that was that when they found this child, when they found this newborn king, they were to bring back word to Herod where they found the match so that Herod could also go and worship this king. Outwardly, it seemed like an honorable request, king giving reverence to king and royal seed celebrating the birth of another royal seed. But it is God that knows the thoughts and the intents and the motives of man's heart. It is God, the Bible says, that will search and try man's reins. And outwardly, it seemed to be a notable, noble request, but through a dream, God warned both the wise men and Mary and Joseph that they were to go home another way 
and that they were to flee into Egypt. Why, I asked, were they warned by God? Because as verse 13 said, that Herod would seek to destroy this child's life. Amen. You can read the Matthew account for yourself. We literally just did. And you can see that the news of Jesus was not accepted very well, but rather, as verse 3 said, it troubled Herod and all those that heard the news. It was startling news. It brought agitation and fear to Herod and the hearers in so much that Herod inquired of the wise men to bring back word of where he could find this child at so that he could go and destroy this child. This news, in my opinion, was received as a threat to Herod's kingdom and it was quickly put on high priority and measures were being taken uh, so that Herod could get the upper hand uh, on this newborn king. Tonight I would make a declaration and say to each and every one of you that I believe in the holy written word of God. I believe that it is divinely inspired, that it contains uh, no error and I believe in every story. I believe in every parable. I believe in every historic account that is written in the Word of God, and I personally believe this, that out of every story, the child of God can glean insight into his or her walk with God. Amen. But I also believe this, that out of every story that is applicable, the child of God, both you and myself, we can look at these stories and we can get insight into how the adversary of our soul will work, beguile, and deceive to try to destroy God's people. For example, the life of Judas, we can see that the devil will look relentlessly for your weaknesses, which in Judas's case was money. We will see that once he has discovered your weakness, he will lock on to that weakness and he will continue to pound on the door of that weakness until you will sell the master out. In our opening scripture text, when I read the awesome Christmas account, and I see, I really do, I promise you, I see the miracle of Christmas. There's nothing like the story where the God of all creation robed himself in human frailty, and he he decided that he loved us so much he wasn't going to leave us in his sin, our sins, and he came down to earth to be born as a man, to walk as a man, and to live a sinless life, and then to die on the cross. I really we do see the miracle of Christmas in this story, but at second glance, somebody say at second glance, at second glance, uh, it becomes uh, apparent to me that beyond the shepherds and beyond the great star, uh, beyond the wise men, uh, I see insight into the realm of the spirit uh, and how the adversary of our soul will work uh, to destroy our lives. At second glance, it becomes apparent to me uh, that the moment our adversary hears of someone uh, potentially becoming a threat uh, to his kingdom, uh, he, my friend, is going to lock on to that threat uh, and he's going to seek uh, to destroy that threat. Amen. Through the life uh, and the response of Herod to the birth of Jesus, uh, I see this. Are you ready? I see our adversary as uh, a very territorial tyrant. Uh, you're either for him 
or you're against him. You're either on his side or you're not on his side. He doesn't tolerate divided allegiances or divided loyalties. He's not interested in sharing the fame of his kingdom with anybody else. He's not interested in stepping aside while somebody else steps to the throne. In fact, in his mind, there's only one king, and that's him. And the very news of a threat rising up in his jurisdiction screams threat to him. And I see tonight that there's only one way our adversary will deal with a threat, and that is he will seek to destroy that threat. Amen. Listen, if I'm not, I guess, uh, getting myself uh, across or being clear, let me just preach for a moment and say, maybe, student, uh, the thing that you have been fighting against uh, isn't because you're a bad person. Maybe, just maybe, young person, the struggles in your life uh, isn't because God doesn't love you. Maybe the things uh, that have attacked your mind uh, and your spirit isn't because you've messed up too far and you've gone too far away from God. Uh, But maybe, just maybe tonight, uh, the reason that attacks have come your way is because the adversary looks at you and he sees you as a threat and he's doing everything he can to destroy your life. Come on, somebody. Maybe the attacks uh, is because the devil's afraid of what you're going to become. Maybe the attacks is because the devil knows uh, that when God stamps his hand of approval on your life, you're going to destroy uh, his kingdom. Uh, Maybe just maybe there's a reason uh, why uh, you have been battling, uh, why you have been struggling, uh, why you have been fighting hell. Maybe you're a threat to the devil's kingdom. Can I tell you something today is one that's not an elder, but I'm not a novice. Uh, I have found that the attacks of the devil will do two things. It will reveal two things. One, it will reveal your own weakness. You're constantly being bombarded left and right by a certain thought process or a certain pattern or being attacked here or there. It might be revealing to you uh, your own weakness. Come on now. Let's be real. I'll tell you what, Brother Keith, uh, I've also found uh, that the attacks of the devil reveal something else to me. uh, When I'm walking in in the will of God uh, and I'm doing everything that I know how to do right, uh, yeah, I might slip up and fall, but I repent and make it right. uh, And I have found that when I'm walking in a place of righteousness uh, and all hell breaks loose in my life, uh, that that signifies to me uh, that the devil is afraid of what God is about ready to do uh, in my life. I was meditating on this uh, just 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 today over here when I was praying for this service, uh, and I remember the second week uh, when I launched out and I went into full-time evangelism. Uh, I quit my job. I left all security. I packed up my family, and we left for about a month uh, on our first circuit. And I remember on the second week at the second church we landed at, uh, my head hit the pillow, and God gave me a dream. And in that dream, there was some obviously an attack going on. And I woke up from that dream, and the spirit of fear was in the trailer, and there was just a heavy oppression. Uh, and God began to speak to me, and I began to write down uh, what the interpretation was as God uh, began to speak to my mind. And I remember uh, it seemed like everything just blew up all at once. Uh, it seemed like everything came against me all at once, uh, and it tried to paralyze me and get me to stop moving forward. Uh, and I remember walking into the Sunday morning uh, at the 
that church. Uh, and there I was, I was just paralyzed with fear. Uh, I, I knew what God wanted me to do, but I couldn't really do it. I, the church was full of first-time visitors. Uh, the church was full of people. I hadn't seen that church uh, packed like it was. Uh, and matter of fact, when worship was going on, uh, I slipped to the back, uh, and I was in the nursery room pacing the floor saying, God, uh, you don't understand. Uh, if I tell them this dream and I slip up or make a mistake, uh, I will never come back to this church again. Uh, God, I don't know what to do. Uh, look at all the visitors, God. And all of a sudden, God said, Aaron, look at all the visitors. Uh, it's my day to show my glory. Uh, and I remember I said, okay. I said, I'll do what you want me to do. Uh, and I remember I looked the fight right in the face. Uh, I went out there and I preached. Uh, and can I tell you that God broke into that place? Uh, like five people got the Holy Ghost. Uh, three people were baptized. Uh, visitors were weeping at the altars. Uh, can I tell somebody that when the devil attacks your life, uh, he might just be signifying something great uh, is about to happen. tell you something, the moment you decided to follow God to the little tiniest bit, you, my friend, have stepped into hostile ter territory, and your adversary has locked onto you like a heat-seeking missile. And he's going to do everything in his power to put an end to your walk with God and destroy you before you become what God has destined you to become. How many would be honest with Brother Aaron and say, you know what, Aaron, I have, I have been under attack. Uh, I've I, I faced it. Is somebody honest enough to raise their hand? I, you know, I get it. This last year has been hell for me. This last year has bombarded me. This last week, uh, everything. Somebody, I see some people being honest. Most people are raising, nodding your head. Uh, can I tell you, uh, maybe look beyond the obvious that everything's coming against you uh, and start looking at what God's getting ready to do in your life. Uh, maybe just maybe the attacks uh, that are coming in your life life uh, is because God is about ready to do something. Uh, God is about ready to break into your life. Uh, God is getting ready to take you further, take you deeper, and take you into the supernatural. Maybe, just maybe God is getting ready to break something for you. Come on, I've come with very good intentions tonight uh, to stir your spirit, uh, to help you to see uh, why the battle's happening, uh, why the battle's happening. Uh, God is going to do something great uh, in your life. Clap your hands to the Lord. I feel God's trying to stir some faith. Uh, I feel God's trying to move in this place already. Oh, would you let a shout be heard in the congregation? Come on, somebody shout to the Lord. Stir yourself for a moment. Let's just press right now for just a moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I want to draw your attention, maybe seated for a moment. The Bible says that Herod... When he heard the wise men talking about this king, that he went and he sought the chief priests and the scribes and demanded them. He literally demanded them to tell him where this new king would be born at. Was it true? Herod went to the word of God to confirm his fear. Herod went 
to the word of God to see if the wise men were accurate in their findings. And sure enough, there were scriptures all over the place talking about this newborn king. And when Herod saw that this child was to be born, was in fact called out in the scriptures as a governor and a king, he immediately went on to high alert because of the threat that was validated in the word of God. And so it is, young person and adults alike, that you are a threat to Satan's kingdom because when Satan goes to the word of God there are promises all over the place that say God's people will overcome him and defeat him amen every time he thinks of the youth in section 1 he hears Joel 228 that says in the last days saith God I'm going to pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters they're going to prophesy you see you're not hearing what I'm saying in the last days the devil understands that there's going to be a group of students who don't want to be average who don't want to be mediocre. There's going to be a group of students uh, that want to step into the wheel of God. They're going to walk in the anointing of God. They're going to walk in the supernatural. Hey, somebody, I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. He understands uh, that something's going to change in the last days, uh, and God's going to mightily use uh, young people. I wish you would help me preach just for a little bit in this house. Uh, Every time uh, he hears uh, the saints of the Most High God God gather together, he sees the scriptures, uh, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb uh, and the word of their testimony. Uh, Every time he sees you going to school and witnessing to your friends, uh, greater is he that is in them uh, than he that is in this world. Uh, The word of God is settled. Uh, It says that there are going to be young people used by God. It might as well be you. You have to understand that. We have to understand that we are a threat to the adversary's kingdom. We have to be aware of how our adversary sees us. And by understanding that, we can negotiate how we feel about the battles and the attacks on our mind. Proverbs 4, 7, I believe it is, says what? Get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. When you have understanding, you can negotiate the attacks that are coming your way. When you understand that the devil is afraid to death of what God's going to do in your life, it makes sense that he's going to attack you to try to destroy you. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. The Bible says our adversaries are roaring, lying, seeking uh, to and fro whom he may devour. I'm trying tonight uh, to change somebody's perspective uh, on what you have been facing lately. You're not a bad person. God still loves you. You're not facing it because you haven't tried or your performance uh, isn't enough. The rough times, the hard times uh, isn't because you're bad, but maybe, just maybe, it's because your adversary has locked onto you and he's trying to destroy your Life. Let me just take this global for just a moment. <coughs> Do you think it's just because that our young people can't pray in school anymore? Do you think it's just because that our young people that are, are taught that it's okay to break your sexual purity as long as you, you go to the guidance counselor first? 
Do you think it's just because that Islam and being gay and, 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 and evolution is taught and accepted as right, but Jesus is banned from our schools? You think it's just because? You think that's, that this has happened because of accidents? You think it's just because the worldly music uh, is promoting sinful lifestyles and they gear it around your mind and how you receive it? You think that's just because? You think it's just because the social media and everything else that we can have in our pocket is geared to captivate your attention just because? Come on, somebody. I, let's not have our head in the sand too much. It's not just because. It's because working behind the scenes, uh, there's an adversary that's trying to destroy your life. Uh, there's an adversary that's trying to take you out of the ball game. Uh, there's an adversary that's locked onto you uh, and wants to destroy you. You know, I was meditating on, on it again today. And we know that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. We don't know the Antichrist or the man that will represent it, but the spirit of the Antichrist was already at work in John's day. It's not a, a per se a religious book that this world hates. It's the Bible. It's not a religious name the world hates. It's the name of Jesus. It, I mean, it's not prayer that they hate. Just don't pray to Jesus. Antichrist. And if there's, a, if there's one thing that I personally feel, two areas that that, that, that spirit of the Antichrist is trying to, to blur the lines between, it's two places. One, it, it, it's in the home, but the two places is what is right between a man and a woman, a male and a female, a mother and a father. As God designed it and put them in the Garden of Eden, he's trying to blur the lines and distinction of sexes. And the next place that I feel his attack is, uh, is upon the younger generation. Let me tell you this, uh, if you aren't coming behind me to preach the gospel, then who's going to pick up the torch uh, when we pass off the scene? You know what the devil's trying to do? I don't have time to show it. There's another message. But when you go back to Pharaoh and Moses, they grew and they multiplied. And the only way to stop the multiplication was to kill every man that was be born. You know what that was going to do? Is cause generational gapping in the people of God. If you're not coming behind me, then it's going to be over. And that's the, that's the purpose of the devil is to destroy your mind, your walk with God, what God's doing in your life so that he can end what God wants to do. I don't know if it's because I'm stubborn. Or I used to be a brawler and a scrapper back in the day. But when I get the understanding that the devil's fighting me and warring at me because he's afraid of what's going to happen, something happens in my spirit that rises up and says, that's what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Bring it on, devil. You, hey, it, it makes something happen in me that says, you know what, uh, devil, you just flashed all your cards before me. Uh, I understand your motives. Uh, you're shaking in your shoes. Uh, when I wake up in the morning and I know when my feet hit the floor, said the Satan's kingdom's trembling, uh, it does something in me that says, uh, you know what, uh, I'm going to take back what belongs to me. Uh, I'm going to walk in the spirit today. Uh, I'm going to live for God today. Uh, I'm going to witness to somebody today. 
Come on, that's what needs to happen here tonight. Uh, is there needs to be a breakthrough in this house, uh, and somebody needs to begin the process, uh, the battle that's happening in your mind. Uh, you need to get a holy boldness uh, and let the Spirit of God take your life. I wish you could just feel what's going on in my heart right now in my spirit. Uh, I'm trying to shake somebody. I'm trying to wake somebody up uh, to why the battle. Amen. Let me move quickly. I had to ask myself this question. Why the baby? Why the baby? How is it that a full-grown established king with an established army could feel threatened by the birth of a baby? He obviously didn't have the physical power to crawl up to Herod's throne room in his little dighty and dethrone Herod. So why the baby? I'll tell you why. Herod wasn't threatened by what the baby was. He was threatened by what the baby was going to become. The baby Jesus didn't have the physical strength to harm him. He wasn't able to really bring a threat to Herod. But it was the fact that the word of God said out of Judah is going to rise a governor that's going to rule my people. It was the fact that the word validated who that young baby really was. He wasn't threatened by what the baby was in his physical sense. He was threatened by what the word of God said he was going to become. Well, Brother Aaron, I don't know how I can be a threat to the devil's kingdom. Sometimes I listen to worldly music. I watch things that I shouldn't watch. Sometimes, Brother Aaron, I'm tempted to look at pornography and go a little too far with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Sometimes I read things that I shouldn't read. I don't even have a daily prayer life and a daily Bible reading life maybe once a week. I don't know how I could be a threat to, to an already established kingdom. And the fact of the matter is, uh, you know what, in your youth, in your spiritual infant stage, if you would, uh, you might be right. You might not be able to just step onto the throne room uh, and whoop the devil. But the devil knows, you hear me clear tonight, uh, the devil knows uh, that as long as a young student has a heart for God, God uh, and a desire to make heaven their home uh, and make right your wrongs. Uh, the devil knows that God can take a heart like that uh, and turn it into a mighty person. Uh, your devil, no uh, The devil knows uh, that God's able to take uh, inconsistencies and make them consistencies. Uh, he's able to take the rough edges uh, and smooth them out. It's not what you might be right now, but it's what you're going to become uh, according to the word of God uh, that scares your adversary. Herod determined to attack the young child before he had a chance to become the king. So let me ask you, why is he fighting you? Why is he warring at you? I don't know who's going to be the next pastor that comes out of this student body, Brother Paul. 
Who's going to be the next evangelist that, that gets the anointing of God to win souls? Who's, who, what's going on in here? Why, why is the devil fighting? Who's going to be the next missionary? Who's going to be the next Bible study teacher? Who's going to be the next soul winner? Who's going to be the one that starts the P7 club? Who's, why is the devil fighting you? What is he trying to stop? What is he trying to prevent in your life? You know, the devil wants to destroy your life before you get the chance to step into the ministry field. He wants to snuff you out before you even become an amateur. You know, much can be said about the becoming process. I'm not now, Brother Paul, but I'm going to be. I might not be who God's called me to be yet, but trust me. The day's coming when I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be that guy because I have went through the trials. I went through the testing. I stood my ground. I might not be the prayer warrior that I want to be and I know I should be, but guess what? My feet are going to hit the floor and I'm going to be pray, and one day I will become that prayer. I might not be that soul winner that I know I need to, but devil, you trust me. You give me long enough and I'm going to become the man God has called me to be. I might not be it now, but I'm going to become what God has destined me to become. <clears throat> Much can be said about the becoming process, but I think you get the point. Jeremiah, one of the prophets, God said, go down to the potter's house. And he watched as the potter made a wheel, or, or on the wheel made a vessel. And the Bible says the vessel was marred in the hands of the potter. And all of a sudden, the potter just made it again. The potter reformed it again. The potter worked it just a little bit more, and all of a sudden it became a vessel of honor. That's what the becoming process is. It's a daily giving your life to God and saying, God, uh, I am who I am. I'm asking you to help me, to mold me, to make me, to become uh, the vessel you have called me to become. You know, when Jesse, Jesse's father said to Sammy, he said, uh, my youngest is out there. The prophet said, I'm not going to sit down until he comes. Uh, and when he came, he anointed them. And his brother uh, was thinking, what in the world is happening here? Uh, the reason for that is this, that man man looks on the outward, but the prophet said God looks on the inward of a man. Man sees you for what you are, but God sees you for what you're going to become. He's Stone King, when I was in college, he would come and visit, and he told me once on the phone, and he said it all over the place where he would go. He said this, Satan fights the most where he, come on now, who said that? That's what I'm talking about. Sweet action. Satan fights the most where he fears the most. Praise team, would you join me? You know, I can't help but to think. I can't help but to think. Of what happened if Joseph wasn't sensitive to the spirit. And what happened if he didn't listen to the angel. Tell you what would happen. The baby would have been destroyed. I thank God for mothers and fathers, pastors and youth pastors. That are spiritually sensitive to what's going on in my life. To where they can stand in the gap for me. And they can intercede 
and they can point me in the right direction. I don't understand why do you get mad at your parents, your mom and dad, your youth pastor, your pastor, when they tell you to stop doing things. Can't you see that on the other side of your pastor or your spiritual leader is a Herod that's trying to destroy your life? Let's all stand in the house today. Verse 16 says that when Herod saw that he was mocked of the wise men, that he was full of anger, he was exceeding wrath, verse 16 says, and he went absolutely ballistic. He put a retroactive date on the time that he spoke with the wise men, and he said, I will make sure that this king does not survive. And he commanded his soldiers to go into Bethlehem and the coast round about and slay every child from the ages of two years and under. He went ballistic. He raged an all-out attack trying to destroy Jesus from becoming the king that he was supposed to be. It seemed like the wise thing to do. It seemed impossible for this future king to escape this all-out blitz and attack of Herod. It seemed impossible that this baby could withstand Herod's army and live through his best attempts. It seems impossible for this little baby and his parents to defeat the destroyer. And today... When you look around at our world and the society that we live in uh, and we see all the ways that Satan uh, is attacking our youth uh, and he's trying to destroy our youth, uh, you would think that it's absolutely impossible for a young person uh, today to walk in the destiny that God has given you and to walk in the calling that God has granted to you. Uh, You would think, how could a young person ever get uh, a hold of God uh, and get past these attacks? Uh, But the fact of the matter is tonight uh, is that you are here and you are here and I am here then in spite of Satan's best attempts to destroy us we're still here and we're still worshiping God You ask why, I'll tell you why. Because somewhere along the lines, uh, we kept our life in God's hands. Uh, And when you keep your life in God's hands, uh, you're going to remain one step uh, ahead of the destroyer at all times. Long before, long before Herod even commanded his troops, uh, God already warned Mary and Joseph, uh, and they were long uh, gone. When you stay in the hands of God, students, God will always keep you one step ahead of the destroyer. I feel the Holy Ghost. We must stay in the hands of God. Herod went off the deep end in his last attempt to destroy Jesus. And I feel like the Holy Ghost is saying to some people tonight that the effects of the war from your adversary, you're feeling him going off the deep end to try to finalize the destruction in your life. But I have come to tell you that just as God brought Mary and Joseph through, God's going to bring you through. Come on, before Satan can destroy your life, God is going to step onto the scene and give you power to defeat the destroyer. It's a battle of jurisdiction tonight. Somebody say jurisdiction. The reason there's a battle is when God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden. He gave him dominion over everything. 
when Adam sinned, he relinquished that dominion to the devil. Without getting into a 25-minute study, when Jesus came and lived a life over sin and died for the, on the cross, he took back victory over death, hell, and the grave. He went back and he took the keys and he got dominion over the work of sin, the work of the adversary. And now in 2017, the Acts 1 verse 8 still applies that when people receive the Holy Ghost, they receive power. You know why there's a fight here? It's because you have power to defeat the destroyer. It's because God is rising you up in a jurisdiction that the devil doesn't want you to be in because he's afraid that if you ever unlock your potential that you're going to defeat his kingdom. You're going to destroy his kingdom. I don't know maybe what needs to happen tonight is maybe some young person needs to get real with God. You need to just be honest right now and you need to step out uh, and you need to let the Holy Ghost fall in this place. Uh, you need to let the Holy Ghost come in here and break uh, some mentalities. You need to let the Holy Ghost come in here and supernaturally infuse you with fresh faith. I can't help but to feel we need a breakthrough in the house tonight. Do you feel the Holy Ghost right now? Can you feel the Holy Ghost? Can you feel it? If you feel the Holy Ghost drawing you, why don't you step out right now? Why don't you feel these altars? Come on, if you have to, push a couple rows back. Feel these altars right now. Somebody keep your life in God's hands.